Jackie. And I'm Candice. Welcome to WTF. Women Talk Finance. Our WTF podcast will take a simplified approach to finance. And we talk about investing, a topic we believe women don't talk enough about. We'll discuss common financial questions and challenges that women face in business and throughout their personal lives. I'd like to give a quick disclosure before we begin our conversation. This overview is for informational purposes only. We might include some projections and those should not be relied upon for the purpose of investing. Past performance is not indicative of future results and any investments we mention are meant for accredited investors only. And any offer can only be considered upon review of a prospectus and relevant offering documentation. So please keep this in mind as we move through this overview and remember that these are our opinions only. So we're here talking about alternative investments today and the value of alternative investments. Maybe we should start out by describing what an alternative investment is. In your mind, how would you describe them? I mean, it's pretty much anything that doesn't fall into that conventional category of like cash, stocks, and bonds, right? So it's it's this really broad term. I think the most obvious one and the one that most people have experience with is real estate. People tend to be comfortable with real estate. You know, they they have a need for real estate, so they've got a general understanding of real estate. And so it's an easy alternative investment for people to play with, right? And are we talking about real estate that's not your home? Or do you classify buying a home, putting that in alternative investing? I wouldn't consider your primary residence to be an alternative investment, right? But um, if you're an active real estate investor, um, then, you know, yeah, that that's going to be in the more alternative space. If you're investing in like commercial properties or multi multifamily properties or... REITs. Yeah. Real estate funds. Real estate investment trusts. Right. Yeah. There's so many options to invest in real estate. And that seems to be a really, really comfortable place for people to start dabbling into the alternative space. I think it's kind of cool too. You can invest in different phases in real estate. Like you can invest in a brand new development or you can invest in a fully developed property. And we'll talk about this more in different episodes, but we're to the point, it's 2022. Real estate used to be a largely illiquid investment. You would invest and then sit there and have to hold. With different tokenization methods and different digital platforms, I mean, those real estate interests are being fractionalized and a whole swath of new people can get into investing in real estate because of that. It was no longer the case that you had to have a couple million dollars to go invest in real estate. Absolutely. And if you were in real estate and you needed investment dollars, you were really limited. So really the the new world that we live in has opened up the gates on both sides. People can invest. There's such cool things now. If people want to get into what would be considered kind of more that hard money, first fractional trustee lending, there are sites that you can participate in that for $1,000. You can start investing and, and be in, a, in, in an ownership position, you know, it, it, for very little money. Shameless plug. That is what I think is so cool about Row Capital is that it provides access, right? It is not the case anymore. Well, first of all, generational wealth is not created in the stock market anymore. Not like it used to be. And so alternative investments offer a whole new opportunity for investors from a lot of different demographics and backgrounds 
to put their money into entirely new areas and access those types of investments that they didn't necessarily have access to before. Absolutely. I mean, alternative investments is where money is made. I think of it as kind of less like hidden secret. It's it's how the it's how the wealthy get wealthier, right? And this digital age we live in has lifted that veil a little bit because you had to know a guy really like to do an alternative investment before the digital age you had to know somebody you had to have the invitation to participate and this digital space we live in now has lifted that no no more do you necessarily need the invitation almost always you do need to be an accredited investor so there is a barrier to entry but that barrier to entry is also now recognizing the level of education that people have and the level of access to information that investors have that we've never had before. We're far more educated going into these decisions. So we have the education, we have the ability, and now we have the access with companies like ours, Row, where you can find really interesting investments. And at far lower dollar amounts, right? Again, it's not the case that you had to have a million dollars to go out and make a meaningful investment. Um, I'd love for us to talk about some other types of alternative investments, but I just want to touch on a phrase that we've both used so far, and that's accredited investor. That's actually a defined term. The SEC is the group that defines what an accredited investor is, and It's basically someone that meets certain income thresholds, either by themselves or with their significant other, with their spouse, or has a certain amount of net assets, right? And the the, the rationale behind it, the SEC says, okay, some of these alternative investments are not as regulated as those companies that go and list their stock on the stock exchange. So because it's not as regulated, we want to protect people. So we want them to have at least enough of a cushion that they can go out and, and dabble because some alternative investments are, are quite risky. So a little bit of background there. I think that's an important point too of just because you're accredited does not mean you are suitable. I think there are a couple different things that people need to consider when they're looking at any type of investment, not just alternatives, any type of investment, right? Make sure it's that you're suitable. Make sure that, you know, this is this is a good match for you. The risk needs to be suitable. You need to make sure that it, it's a risk level that makes sense for you. Meaning if I've got rent due, I should not take my rent payment and put it into alternatives. That would be a firm no. <laughs> make my rent payment first. Make my other expenses and make, pay my bills first. And then if I've got some discretionary money left over, then maybe those would be areas that I can consider. Okay, those might be some investment dollars I have to play with. One of my personal money rules is that my investments are, that's my play money. That's my fun money. You can lose I play it. with it. You're I okay lose if you it. lose it. Yes. That's in any investment. We see what ha- what's happening with the stock market right now. I mean, it's my goodness. Down. So <laughs> you can't, It's going down. You can't put, bet, you know, this, it's, it's gambling, basically. So you do have to treat it appropriately. You have to make responsible decisions. And only you can really determine that. There are regulations around it. You have to abide by those. But- Truly, it, be, beyond that, you also need to make sure that it's a good fit. You need to read the documents. You need to make sure that this is a good investment for you. I've met many people who are accredited, who very much should not be going in 
to a certain type of investment, right? They're not suitable. It's a risk isn't appropriate. It's, it's the, the investment amount is too much or not appropriate. Their needs might be cash flow. And this is, you know, an equity, you know, in a long-term equity plate. That's not an appropriate fit. Make sure it is a right fit for you. And the alternative space actually offers a lot. I mean, it's it's a variety. It's basically Let's a talk buffet. About, yeah. What are some of these other types of investments that could be found in the alternative space? What else falls in that category? I mean, basically anything. You could you energy, can, energy, tech, like tech startups. All of those new companies that are looking for venture capital. All of those kind of baby companies that are just launched, or maybe they're maybe they're five. You know. 10 years old. They're still considered startups. They need capital. Those would all fall in that category of alternative investments. Basically, if you're investing off of Wall Street, it it falls in that category. You're an alts, baby. Yes. <laughs> I'd say you can find an alternative that is aligned with your personal, uh, you know, priorities, your passions. So I think that people should be, you know, and I'm not giving investment advice. I'm not qualified to give investment advice. No, big advice. disclosure. Neither of us are. This is not that podcast. This is not, not the us. legal advice podcast or the investment advice podcast. <laughs> not us. I tend to invest in things that I am passionate about. Things that Can fill you give us a vague example? cup. I mean, I can. I just recently invested in uh, a product, in a, in a company that is transforming the way that we mine cryptocurrency. I'm fascinated by cryptocurrency. I, I do have quite a bit of cryptocurrency in my own personal portfolio. I have... I, I'm still exploring it. That is my very fun money, right? Like that's like the super secret fund money stash, right? Um, I have questions about it, but I'm exploring it. Um, the thing I liked about this company was they were exploring options in how to mine cryptocurrency in a environmentally and socially conscious way. And I thought that was really neat. They use flared uh, gas that normally would be just burned, right? That's just, you know, damaging to to the environment. And they're using that to power uh, their, their mining facilities, which take a tremendous amount of energy, a huge amount of energy. So I'm learning about this whole other side of that that I didn't know about, which I thought was really unique and interesting. I like things that are a little disruptive. Um, it filled my cup from the kind of, you know, energy yeah the ESG standpoint so I enjoyed that I thought that was a good thing to fill my cup I can tell you 95% of the people I know would not be a fit for that product right that that would not be a suitable product for them no but it's a good example and it goes to what we're talking about with the value of our of alternatives there are so many different types right we've covered on anything that's not cash stocks or bonds you're basically in alts so the benefit of that is that you can learn about entirely new, you know, areas. You can diversify your portfolio and your holdings. You're not putting all of the proverbial eggs in one basket. You're diversifying. Some things will work. Some things might not. That's okay. It's a gamble. And then what are some of the other benefits of investing in alternatives? I, for me personally, I love to be a part of something. To me, this is getting in on the ground level for a lot of these companies. You're participating and having this really direct um, level in the growth of something new. 
be it if you're part of, I mean, I, I obviously have been a part of real estate development or bridge lending or getting companies off the ground. I find tremendous pride in that and I have a, just a really great uh, spot for that. You can be a part of something that's truly transformative. I mean, so many of the companies that we live and breathe with today, use every single day, they started and needed funding at a very, very basic level. You know, that VC entry level, you know, angel rounds. And those people got to participate and build something that literally changes our lives. I think that's really neat. And I love that you can participate in that um, in the alt space. Every day you hear about people making money by investing in IPOs and startups. But what about you? These kinds of investments are simply not available to Main Street investors. At Rowe Capital Group, we are committed to providing access to strategic, early stage, primarily low market correlated investment opportunities. Accredited investors go to rowcapitalgroup.com for more information. Rowe Capital Group, empowering your financial journey. I think sometimes we hear alts. People don't understand what place alternatives have in their investment group. I, you know, we've actually heard people say, "Well, I've got, I've got a four hundred one k, and you know, social social security will be there, so I, I, I'm good. My house is paid off. What do I, what do I need alternatives for?" So I don't know. What do you, what do you think on that? Little bit of guesswork here. I don't know that we can definitively say that social security will always be around. If it is, Social Security was designed to be a supplement for later in life. You put a little bit of money away, and then when you retire, you can supplement your expenses with the Social Security. It is not meant to be a paycheck that you live 100% on. And I think there's a big misunderstanding about Social Security in that regard. Um, So I can't really speak to investing with Social Security, but maybe you've got some different thoughts. I think if people are saying that that's their entire retirement plan is they've got they've got a 401k and and social security if if that's really what they're banking on that's that's great i think there's people who want something more they have some money that they want to they want to play with um they want to be a part of something alternatives are by no means supposed to be part of the the entirety of somebody's portfolio right not even close um this is this is like a garnish to your to your current portfolio and not a single aspect not social security not 401k not the you know any sort of alternative is supposed to be your Entire plan. Entire plan. That's the whole strategy, betting on black. That is not it at all. Diversification is what's key. And I think that is what alternatives provide is just this. They they provide a great variety for people. Well said. And I think two things we've touched on, one being access to being capital markets. Alternatives are so important. In the past, it was tougher for people to have access to alternatives. Again, you had to have an invite. You had to know somebody that was going into a big real estate deal or whatever, and you had to have a good chunk of cash, and that's changing. Alternatives have become far more accessible for people. And then with that, they're so important to capital markets because they're, if you look at the groups that are engaged in alternatives. You've got accredited investors who are looking for some alternative ways to invest and diversify their portfolios. Great. They're like, I don't want to go to the stock market, right? What else out what else is out there? And then you've got these startup companies 
with very worthy business models and very worthy ideas, but they can't walk into a bank and get institutional financing. A bank's going to be like, show us your financials for the last three, four years. Show us you're healthy. We're not going to lend to you. So those companies need access to alternative forms of capital, and that's where private investors come in. So it's a really beautiful space where you're marrying kind of two needs. You're meeting two different needs. So I think alternatives are a really important part of capital markets, at least right now, around the world. I would agree. I love it. I think it's amazing to be a part of something. And I feel very passionately about the projects that I participate in and the investments that I participate in. And I truly want to see them succeed. And that's why I participate. I want to see it work. I want to see them succeed because I think it can be something massive and, you know, change the way we live. I think that's so neat to, to be a part of. I also think there's interesting ways you can participate in alternatives that people don't necessarily realize. They're, like what? Like what? <laughs> um, there are ways you can actually take a retirement account and self-direct it. And I would never, never, never do the entire thing. I don't think any advisor would recommend doing the entire thing. And we don't give investment advice. We don't advice. give investment advice. But it is reasonable that, that if it makes sense for you, that you could participate at a small level using already those retirement funds, using those funds that you've already got stashed away. Um, and they're, they're working just fine, but you could actually take an, a, a piece of that in a self-directed account and invest it into an alternative investment. And that doesn't feel, there's something different about investing that money that's already kind of locked up, right? And just reallocating it towards an alternative and having that ability to participate, which, and there's, there's tax benefits to that as well, which I also cannot speak We do on. not speak on tax benefits. This is a really fun episode of us telling you all the things that we, we cannot do. talk about. <laughs> Go Google. Don't. Yeah, yeah, you should Google, but also question Google. There's such a broad term with alternative investments. I think people want to know how they can find them, but really, how can they do their own research and due diligence on these alternative investments? That's a great question and a big question. Um, we have the internet, which is fantastic, great resource. Also a little scary because there's misinformation. There's incomplete information. Um, that said, it's a great place to start. So if you want to go, you know, hop around the internet looking for alternative investments, you might find 4,000 different sources, you know, start to pick and choose, learn about management teams behind the investments, because if you understand the group of people and what they're trying to accomplish and what experience they bring to their projects, that's a pretty good indicator of, you know, the, the strength of the project. And then two, there's something we call due diligence. It is a very active process of diving deep into anything and everything related to that investment. It can be where the company is formed, how old the company is, how long they've been doing this. There's um, tons of something called deal documents. I mean, pages and pages of disclosures. It is not always fun to read a 20-page document, but in this instance, it does serve you to do your homework, educate yourself, read as much as you can, read those disclosures, learn about the risks, and get a sense of whether you really understand what they're trying to accomplish, and then keep digging. <laughs> if, you've, if you can get to a point where you have a comfort level with it, cool. If you don't, that might not be the best choice. 
this isn't that cell phone provider agreement. You actually do want to read it. I'm shocked by the number of people who just sign and they haven't read the documents. Uh, that concerns me. I would say read the documents for sure. Yeah. Do and, some homework. Right. And invest an amount that you feel comfortable with. I would say don't invest an amount that makes you cringe. That, that should be a first red flag for you. Don't invest an amount that you're uncomfortable with. If you were going to go buy a house, you would have a realtor. So you would have a professional, right? An expert, someone that knows what they're talking about, someone that you can ask questions of. So find your professional and then go see it, touch it, walk through it, look at it closely, find out if there's mold, right? And you get what I'm saying. With any alternative investment, treat it like you're going to go buy a house, dig and dig and make sure it's the right house for you or the right investment for you. And you'll get more comfortable. I also, I tend to frequent the same providers of investments, right? So, you know, we have a platform, but there's a lot of platforms out there. I tend to frequent the same ones. And I will tell you, don't get scared the first time you have one maybe that doesn't go to plan. There's things happen. My goodness, we just went through a major global pandemic. Many of the alternative investments had to make some pretty drastic pivots or changes and things happen. And so it's a good opportunity, especially if you have a dollar amount in that's a comfortable dollar amount for you to watch how different, you know, managers manage through a transition or a shift and have to kind of navigate their way out. So, you know, there there is that. Um, there is a certain level of illiquidity to most alternative investments. We'll talk on that on another podcast episode, but I think that's an important piece for people to understand as well. That's why we say this isn't this isn't like your main investment. This is this is play money. Yep. Well, thank you. I, I do think it's worthwhile to have another episode on alternatives. So come back for more. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. Please hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the WTF Women Talk Finance podcast. Email us with questions, suggestions, or just say hi at media at rowcapitalgroup.com. Again, thank you for listening to WTF Women Talk Finance podcast.